It's showtime. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Washington is fundamentally corrupt. There are more words in the IRS code than there are in the Bible. Made in America, heard round the world. You're listening to Blunt Force Truth. I'm Chuck Woolery, along with my co-host, Dr. Mark Young. Everything that Trump is being accused of, he may, he may, yeah, I know he's indicted on, you know, every time you oh, turn around, he's indicted on something felonies. else. And so, so these, these people in these grand juries and juries, they may convict him. Okay. It's possible, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you every single one of these will be overturned by the Supreme court. This is nothing, but it's nothing but uh, election interference. That's all it is. So folks, you're hearing them say, you're hearing the prosecutor. First off, you're constantly hearing that the DOJ is as, as pure as the, you know, white driven snow. That- hey, listen, did you watch Mark uh, Levin this last week talk about all these people in the, in the special uh, prosecutor's office, Jack? Uh, what is it? They're all they're all Biden. You know, they've all worked together before. This is not an independent group at all. And let me point out to you that they're using Washington, D.C. and New York juries, you know, grand juries. Right. They're saying we didn't make these charges. The grand jury saw the evidence. Right. So let me point something out to you, folks. When you have a grand jury. Remember that the only person who testifies in a grand jury is the prosecutor. The defendant isn't allowed to appear before the grand jury. So the grand jury only sees one side of the argument. Right. In addition, what did Washington, how did Washington, D.C. and New York vote during the Biden election? 90, probably 95 percent. 96 percent. 96. OK, yeah. So so there is a whole thing stacked. So when you pull when you pull a grand jury pooled together in Washington or New York, it's Democrats. That's right. They're people yeah. who voted for Biden. Well, they did. They're doing this for a reason. It's obvious, you know, to, to us because we watch and follow it. But uh, maybe to the average American, I really don't know. Uh, I can't speak for them. Like, it seems like every other politician can speak for the average. The American people have uh, I don't know where they are or not. Oh, do you just get tired of that, people? <laughs> really? No oh, kidding. I know I speak for the American people. Really? When did you get that mantle? Uh, yeah, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. to speak for 340 million people. I know. I know. Did you see the picture of Biden shirtless with his baseball hat on backwards at the beach this weekend? Yeah. You know, this poor guy, I got to tell you. And, and the Democrats are talking about what a badass he is. Yeah, like, I know. Are you people blind? Yes, they are. And uh, they're, they're just trying to sell something that is unsaleable, I believe. I mean, they keep talking about, oh, it'd, it'd be really close. And I think Biden can beat Trump and blah, blah, blah. No, he can't. And I don't think he did. But no, he can't. So, uh, I, I got a feeling the way things are going with all this, we may get down to relitigate the 2020 election. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you this. So I know I've been I've been spending some time and dabbling on what is now X instead of Twitter. Yeah. It is now X. And I've been getting attacked quite briskly, but the attacks are changing tenor, Chuck. Really? 
They are. And I'm just curious about this. And I'm not making this up. And it, it, this this just sounds like insanity. Yeah, there's a picture of Joe in his bathing suit with a baseball cap on backward, like so he's bad. 16. So We're in his aviator <laughs> sunglasses. And so it, I ridiculous. Mean, it's horrible. I I mean, it, and they're all talking about he's amazing. Look yeah, at the condition he's in. What? So here's where the attacks are coming now. I'm getting attacked by, usually, as you know, they don't actually have a name. So they usually don't use their own name. And the attacks are now, they're challenging me to cage matches <laughs> or various feats <laughs> of strength or various sporting events. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is just, this is crazy. Who gets on Twitter and challenges random people on the other side of the country to some kind of random cage match? Well, look, you know, I haven't looked at Twitter for a year and a half. <laughs> life is better for it. I mean, I haven't even looked at it. So it's like, you know, I feel like I've been let out of prison. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just an insane place. It really is. It's it's like walking into an insane asylum and trying to make a That's point. My point. My point is that the mental illness is ratcheting up. Well, yeah, the Democrats love that. You know, they keep talking about mental illness. Well, they're causing most of it. So I had I had a guy. This guy, this guy commented on a some tweet I had, and and he said, in his tweet, "I'm better than you at everything you've ever done in your life, and I can beat you at any sport in the world." Just right. name the sport. Ping pong. So for fun. That's my sport. Well, for fun, <laughs> I said, okay, the sport is auto racing. <laughs> oh, and I'll send you my schedule. Bring whatever car you'd like. Now, the response was, well, that's not a sport. <laughs> huh? Auto racing is not a sport. No, because race car drivers aren't athletes. Huh? okay. Even though they're actually known as the best conditioned athletes in the world. They're not athletes, but then he looks, these people are nuts. You know, I, mean, I, I don't know why you entertain them, frankly, because frankly, what you do is you just entertain them. I'm entertaining, <laughs> why would you do I'm entertaining that? myself at some point. Oh, okay. I, I like, I like to experiment to see how far down a rabbit hole. Some of these people can go. They'll go as far as you allow them to go. And it it is amazing. And they could be lost in the first five feet and it doesn't matter. They'll just keep digging. You're just you're a witness to people. I mean, Chuck, do you remember when we were kids? You hid the relatives with the mental illness. Well, yes. Now you put them. On, I was lucky enough not to have a relative that had mental illness, but, but yeah. now you put them on Twitter. Now you take your mental illness and you hold a parade for it. Yeah. And you dress up with a boa wrapped around your neck without any clothes on, and you have a parade to show everyone your mental illness. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, we really are in, in the most narcissistic society I've ever seen in my life where everybody is demanding you pay attention to them. And uh, it is unbelievable. It's just amazing. Un- unbelievable is right. I, yeah. I think I I really, th- you know, here's here's where I think is happening. And, and we're going to talk about this with our guests coming up. We're seeing Donald Trump being prosecuted, but Donald Trump is not the only person being prosecuted. You have people under him being prosecuted. You have his gardener being prosecuted, his pool boy being prosecuted. 
And you have people in states all over the country. So this week, uh, the attorney general here filed charges against her own opponent. Well, that's what they do. They use the judicial system to ruin their opponent any way they possibly can when they get power. And this is why this is why I contend that the Democrats no longer care that what they're pushing is not popular. Well, they're scared to death, too. You know that they are scared out of their minds. But you would normally think that a group that wants to get elected would be trying to tack to the middle to get the votes. They no longer see the need to hide their agenda because they now know, and and Chuck, this is indicative of any dictatorship. Dictatorships don't work on popular consensus. They work on fear. And that's where we're heading. Well, government mainstream media just it's just literally operates on fear. You but know, as much that's the only way they can get their way. We're, and we're, and on top of that, it works to a certain extent. We're now working toward a fear-based model where best case scenario will cancel you on social media, you'll get fired from your job and, and your friends and family will disown you. Worst case scenario, like in the case of Donald Trump, crazy people like Rob Reiner and stuff are arguing that Trump needs to get the death sentence. Well, I told you a long time ago, they really, what they really wanted to do is put him in jail if they possibly could. And, and, and they will try every way in the world to do it. So, you know, they won't be satisfied. By the way, I saw where uh, Ron DeSantis was uh, getting rid of a lot of people who were working for him because I guess he's re-evaluating his run. And uh, he got rid of a guy named Ed Rollins. Oh, no kidding. So Ed Rollins, uh, I've followed Ed Rollins for years. He is probably the most boring inside baseball uh, elite Republican on earth. I don't know him, but I mean, he couldn't be. There's no one more boring than Ed Rollins. So good for DeSantis getting rid of him. (laughs) And then then he came out and he said, uh, oh, Ron DeSantis is just not a good, not a good uh, uh, politician. I I just hate Washington. I really do. I hate him. (laughs) Chuck, we have, and I actually have the list here. I'm not going to go through it, but I, if somebody wants it, we can post it. We can post this if people want to. Sure. We now have testimony, emails, phone calls, and recordings that show that Joe Biden personally met with, dined with, or had phone calls with foreign powers tied to Hunter Biden's business deals well, yeah, on a yeah. minimum of 16 occasions. This is Devin Archer's uh, testimony. Of it. The problem is that, you know, the topic of conversation was the weather. Yes, all they spoke about was, was the weather. <laughs> they talked about, do, you, do you honestly believe, I mean, can the American people be persuaded that Joe Biden was getting on these phone calls just to talk about the weather and check on his son and see if he's okay. Well, and his son checking on him to see if he's okay. I mean, come on, folks. Here's the defenses. So it's interesting because there are various defenses and they're not they're not in line with each other. So far, the defenses have been Dennis Archer's already been convicted of a crime, so you can't take his testimony seriously. Well, of course not. Now, let me remind you that these are the exact same people who say. You must listen to every word Michael Cohen says. 
Yeah, you can't take Bobolinsky seriously either. We don't know why. You just can't. Who has not been convicted of any crime. Right. But you can listen to Michael Cohen, but you cannot listen to Devin Archer. Now, let me also point out, as you said, the only thing the president ever spoke about was the weather. Well, he, you know, weather's a crisis. It is a crisis, and maybe that was just... I don't think that's what he was talking about. I was just talking about, well, it's a little cooler here in Washington. Yeah. You know, now, I don't think... Another really... defense is that Hunter Biden was only selling the appearance of, ac of access to Washington. Yeah. Now, let me point something out to you folks. Intent is what determines a crime. So if he was selling the appearance of access to Washington, that is the crime. Of course. Now, you know, we, know, we know this. And, and the funny thing about it is I, I can remember going through the Trump years with accusations that were leveled against him and that he would retort and, and say this is what's happening and find out later on he was absolutely right. That was what was happening. We will find out later on that this is all that was really happening. Uh, how they'll protect him, I have no idea. I'm still under the persuasion that he's not going to run for president no matter what. He, he's an idiot. Uh, and he's and on top of that, he's uh, he can't perform. Uh, so I don't know how long they can protect him and shield him. And people will fall for it and say, well, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because he's done so much for me. So I want to I want to tell you what I think is the game playing right now. Now, a lot of people are frustrated with uh, Kevin McCarthy saying Kevin McCarthy's not getting aggressive enough. He's not moving fast enough. He should be impeaching Joe Biden right now. Right. No, I don't think so. I think that they need to be an inquiry. I, that's what he's that's what he's really trying to do. That's what got rid of Nixon, by the way, was the impeachment inquiry, not the impeachment. It I never actually, happened. I actually think Kevin McCarthy is playing this right, right yeah, now. Yeah, I do too. And here's why, folks. The longer, the longer that Joe Biden keeps saying that he's running for president, the less time the Democrats have to bring in another another candidate. So I think the game here on Kevin McCarthy's part is. Let's kind of slow walk the impeachment thing. Mm -hmm. Let's be methodical about it. Let's get within the election window where it's going to be very difficult to bring in another candidate. Now let's hit him with everything. And the Democrats now are going to have to run Kamala Harris. They're just going to be left with her. Because there won't be time to bring another candidate. Well, of course, nobody believes that. Everybody believes that uh, what's his name in California is going to run. Yeah, you know, what's his name, uh, the governor Newsom. of California, Newsom. But Newsom can't be the good the good Marxist and announce with Biden still there. Well, I mean, why not pick the worst mayor of San Francisco, the worst governor in California, and run him against the best ex president we've had in a long time? <laughs> Please. Well, I'm not. Yeah, he's not a great choice, but you kind of get my point that I think that he's playing this to let's get this in politics, something that we all all of us who've ever worked in politics, we all talk about peaking. There is this there's this moment where you want to peak in your popularity and peak in what you're doing. And if you're too early or too soon, then it costs you the election. I think what the Republicans are doing now with. Speaker McCarthy is he's he's waiting until we get to a better peak period where now we can bury this guy 
now we can get him to where he's not going to run again. And they have, they, they have no choice but to run Kamala Harris after that. Because it would well, be we'll see. to bring another candidate in. We'll see. You never know. I mean, they're clever, these guys. They are. They're satanically clever. <laughs> well, they're going to do everything they can to, to crush the opposition. So, folks, here's what I'm going to tell you. What is my opinion on uh, Donald Trump right now? Donald Trump is obnoxious. Donald, he's also very funny. He's very funny and engaging. But he can, but he can be obnoxious. Yeah, he can be self-opinionated. He can be self-aggrandizing. He can be downright embarrassing sometimes with how rude he can be to people. Okay, let's just take that as it is. Is he a criminal? No. However, here's my view on this, Chuck. I want to I want the person in the White House that the Democrats in the swamp fear the most. And he's the guy. And the reason is money. He will cut off their money. He and is, they know it. And they and he will he will dismantle them as he if he possibly can this next four years, I guarantee you. And they know it and they are scared to death. There is there is only one reason why they continuously put charge after charge after charge on him. Keep in mind that the charges that you're seeing levied on him have never been levied on another person. No. no. They're <laughs> digging They're digging through laws from decades back, mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way to shoehorn a crime into a law. And so then on the other hand, folks, if you haven't been watching, and I'm sure you have, but there may be some out there that haven't, did you really see what happened with the judge in uh, in Delaware with uh, Hunter Biden when when you saw the DOJ working with the defense? Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are in concert. When does that ever happen? Nothing every about. every every legal analyst I've heard has said we've never seen anything like this ever. Now the judge asked the question to to the DOJ. When she looked at the when she looked at the plea deal, the plea deal included a future free, crimes. Yes, a free get out of jail card for any future crimes I mean, that really? he may or may not have committed or may commit in the future. You just never know. So she asked the Department of Justice, "Is there any precedent for a plea deal of this nature?" And it was on the last page, like way way down. <laughs> yes, section fifteen. Mm -hmm. And the prose the uh, the prosecutor for the DOJ said, "No, we've we've never done this before." Right in a very serious tone. No, as a matter of fact, we've never done this, but we're going to do it now. So, is there any preference now? Now, let me give you this idea, Chuck. By the way, I do not blame Joe Biden for wanting to help his child, his son. You and I would do anything. We this is so far beyond family. I mean, I don't care how they try to characterize this. This is way beyond family. Well, let, let me throw this idea at you. Let's assume for a minute you or I were, were president. And let's assume your sons or my son did something this stupid, which I can't imagine any of them doing. Well, let me cut you off right there. You got a criminal in charge of it and puts his son in charge of his criminal enterprise. I mean, come on. How much do you love your son? Biden's the Pats, uh, Hunter's the Patsy here. Exactly. Not, not Joe. Joe's using Hunter. I love you so much that I, I'll, I'll do anything I can to put you in jail on my behalf. But here's my point. <laughs> Jeez. 
my point is, let's assume for a minute he's a loving father mm-hmm. with six out of seven grandchildren that he loves. Well, he's got seven now. Well, kinda. Yeah. And uh, and he was okay. He was embarrassed. The greatest thing that happened to this girl, she probably didn't have to carry his name. Yeah. <laughs> well, they embarrassed him into acknowledging her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But regardless, let's say you want to help your son, and your son is a blatant criminal. Well, you've made him a blatant criminal. Agreed. But here's here's my point to this, Chuck. The honorable thing to do would be for Biden to step up before the American people, say, my son's done a, done a number of things that are wrong, and he's broken a lot of crimes, but he's my son, and I'm and I'm his father, and I'm the president of the United States, and America, I'm going to write him a pardon. And in America, you will have to judge me based on, on those actions. That would be the honorable thing to do if you were so devoted to help your kid, right? Well, he may do that. I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, they said he wouldn't, but I, I don't. But look, no matter what they say, you, you can't believe it. But my point is, if you want well, to change my mind, my point is, though, if you wanted to help your child, and you wanted to fulfill your duty as president, you wouldn't you wouldn't tear the Department of Justice apart and destroy the legal system. You would use your authority to do it because you don't have to destroy the DOJ to write him a pardon. And you would you would take the hit for your kid. You would tell the American people, you're, you're going to have to judge me based on me being a father. That would be the honorable thing to do. Now, will he do that? He may still be left doing that. Well, if it's all that's left to him, I mean, you know, that may be the only choice he has. He may be left in a position where he has to pardon himself. That might be how they separate themselves from him. That's a good point. We've- well, of course, you know, that's why Trump's running for presidency, so he can pardon himself. I do believe that Trump <laughs> will pardon himself. I hope so. I, I do believe that Trump will pardon himself. Yeah. But... I want the guy in Washington, not because he's Donald Trump, not because he puts out mean tweets. I want anybody in Washington that they fear. Yep. And there is clearly these. People, there are a lot of people who are on board for that. And and I think that's probably the if I had to guess, that's probably the right thing at this point in time. I mean, he's not going to save the world. He's not going to save America. But he sure is going to make a big imprint. And it's not that I don't think Ron DeSantis is a capable executive. Oh, absolutely. He's capable. I would love to see Ron DeSantis be the president in 2020. Wouldn't that be great? But right now, Trump is the guy who can hit the ground running and destroy as many of them as possible. Yeah, he's been there, done that. He knows where the he knows where all the closets and the skeletons are in those closets. And who's going to be better? And who's going to be more motivated than he is? And the last thing before we go to our guest, Chuck, every if you notice that every crazy thing that Trump has said in the past six years, he's actually been correct. Well, that's my point. He says things that aren't crazy, but everybody says they're crazy. And, and then you find out they're true. And then <laughs> like when he said, I was being spied on, I was being yeah. wiretapped. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it? Um, no, it was real. It wasn't crazy when he said the Russian collusion was a hoax. It was true. Everything the guy has has come out and said, he's been correct. I know. I know. It's uh, uncomfortable for them, I think. 
and if they can ever be uncomfortable, you cannot shame a Democrat. You just can't do it. And by the way, I haven't looked back historically, but I'm going to say in our lifetime, he's the only guy who has come into the presidency and went out with less money than he came in. Right. Yeah, that's true. Everybody else has gotten rich in that job. Clinton's, Obama's, Biden, they've all gotten rich being president. This guy's lost a billion dollars with a net worth being president. Well, they're all servants of the country and, you know, they're going to be awarded by their own parties and other people about how great it was to have them serve the American people and get rich off the backs of Americans and swear it didn't happen. <laughs> why, will, why will no one in the press, and I'm even saying Fox News, why is no one in the press asking how Joe Biden acquired millions of dollars? You know, it's a great point. And I thought to myself when this uh, when these people were uh, in Delaware up, uh, with this judge and they were talking about, you know, he hadn't paid his taxes and uh, and uh, the gun issue and everything else. The greatest question on earth is where did this money come from? Where is it now? And how much is it? And no one ever asked that question. How was it generated? If Hunter and, Biden's business dealings were legitimate, why do you need 20 shell companies to shove through funnel? Well, market? of course, you and I know the reason for that. But the point is, they're they're up to, I don't know, how many millions of dollars? It's it's not 11 or 20 or something. Now. How much? My last number was 17 million. Yeah, and it keeps growing. So there could be $100 million. Who knows? It's some outrageous. It's outrageous already, but it could be even more outrageous. And the more they track this stuff down, the more money that's involved. Uh, the, the Bidens are just awash in, in criminal money. And, you know, somebody's got to be held accountable for this somewhere. I mean, and, the simple question of why, if Hunter was so legit, why does he need 20 shell companies? Yeah. Well, he them? isn't legit. And that's the answer to it. We know that. But I would like to hear their answer to why he needs well, a free shell company. Yeah, I don't know. And then the real question I want to know is, how did Joe Biden get rich on one hundred and seventy-eight or $187,000 a year? Well, he sold uh, influence. That's how. It's simple. It is simple because he had it's, nothing else to sell, didn't no, he? No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. This Access to power. That's job. it. Yeah. This I mean, guy, look what he did at Burisma when Trump was saying, could you investigate this? And then they they tried to impeach him on that call phone call. We'll find out that sure enough, Joe Biden and was he's, right. He's, he's involved in everything in Burisma. <laughs> Biden got on video and bragged about threatening yeah. Ukraine with a billion dollar grant, mm -hmm. and said, "I'm going to be on an airplane by five o'clock. If you don't fire this prosecutor, prosecutor, I'm taking." my country's billion dollars this is a prosecutor by the way folks if you don't know and i'm, I'm assuming you probably do but uh, just for your information this prosecutor was going after burisma for their corruption yes he was investigating burisma but we now know through emails phone logs and devin archer we now know that biden himself held a conversation was contacted through Hunter to Joe by the executives at Burisma to solve this problem. And guess what? It was only three days later when Biden went over to Ukraine and said, fire this guy or you don't get the money. 
Does that not does that coincidence not concern anyone? Well, here's the thing. Then the media came out and the Democrats came out and said, well, this prosecutor was corrupt. Not Burisma was corrupt. The prosecutor was corrupt. So, you know, that's how they defended that. Now, may I also remind people that Burisma is now out of business? Oh, I didn't know that. Is that right? They are. And you well, know why? No. Because they were corrupt. Oh, I thought maybe they got bombed or something by Russia. No, no, no. They eventually collapsed due to corruption. Well, the funny thing about it is, and everybody in Europe knows this. I'm not sure everybody in America knows this. Uh, you know, with Zelensky running around collecting money from everybody and and glad handing and, you know, and is, and is a victim of Russia, which is true to a certain extent. But they're all corrupt. I mean, it's the most corrupt country probably in Eastern Europe, and everybody knows it, but they they just won't address it. And Biden is a part of it. Yes. But, well, it's, you find somebody else that's corrupt and you get them to pay you off. Here's the bottom line. Biden was personally paid a large sum of money to go to Ukraine and threaten the government with tax with U.S. taxpayer money. Well, you think it was $5 million. It was a billion. Oh, he was paid $5 million. No, no, he would take $5 yes. million. So he got paid and Hunter got his five our million, tax apparently. dollars and go threaten Ukraine to get rid of a prosecutor that was going after Burisma. Devin Archer testified that had it not been for Joe Biden's influence, as as Dennis, as as Devin Archer called it, the brand. He kept referring to Biden as the brand. And he said, had it not been for the brand's influence in Ukraine, Burisma would have been out of business way sooner than they were. The brand, the brand's influence kept the company alive because the brand controlled U.S. tax dollars. You know, I wonder when you talk about the American people know this, and the American people know that. I wonder if the American people just take for granted, not all of them, but, you know, a, a vast majority, that Washington is corrupt. The people who you elect to office are corrupt. And it's just part of the process. And so you you don't you don't really turn a blind eye to it. It just doesn't make that much difference to you because you figure everybody's corrupt. I think there is a certain level of people who have now determined that, okay, there is this level of corruption and level of lying that is normal for everyone. And now I'm only concerned with people who exceed the normal allotment yeah, of criminal behavior. Well, when a when a senator from Delaware is worth millions and millions of dollars after serving as vice president and senator for 45 years, if you're willing to accept that, fine. You know, I, I mean, that's you can accept it at your own peril. Well, but, uh, you know, and 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 that side who has done that and is so corrupt is throwing all these allegations around about Trump and this and everything else. It's It just seems like a very weak defense to me. By the way, Chuck, in my little Twitter experiments, we got to go to our <laughs> guests, but in my little Twitter experiments, I've been trying something new. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not. When somebody from the left comes out and they're attacking me or attacking what I'm saying, whatever the case is, I ask them a question. Do you love America? And they will say, of course I love America and I love democracy. 
And then my second question is, do you do you believe that America should adhere to the U.S. Constitution, chapter and verse, as it is written? Well, the answer is always no. How can you love America and claim to be an American, but you deny the laws of the land? That that doesn't work, does it? Well, of course not. These people hate America. Mark Levin has this right. He does. Democrats hate America. That's exactly right. And you and I have defended. They hate the system. But I'm gonna I'm gonna argue on something that I believe you and I have gotten wrong. You and I have argued for some time that the Democratic leadership hates America. It's not the Democratic voter. I am now willing to say, you know what, Chuck? It's the it's the voter too. Well, there are a lot of traditional Democrats who vote Democrat just because their parents did. They've always voted Democrat. That's what they're going to do. And they're convinced that Democrats really are on their side. There are people there who do that that don't hate America. Then okay? you hate America by your ignorance and your complete. That may be that may be true too, but I'm not going to assign that to them. I'm just going to say that there are people who absolutely in a lot of these groups literally hate America. They hate they hate the Constitution. They, do. they don't like anything about it. They want to change it. They want to be Marxists, and that's and that's the big push. I mean, the interesting thing is. In the 50s, Marxist was like the worst thing in the world, communism and everything else. Now it's become the flavor of the week. Yeah, they don't seem to really run that much from being called Marxist now, do they? No, they don't mind. Well, Chuck, let's go talk to our guest here. We're going to talk to uh, a gentleman that was introduced to us by Bart Marcoy, and uh, he is running for Senate in Virginia. So let's go to that interview. Hey, everybody, I want to take a minute to tell you about a product called Daily Zen. With, uh, with everything that goes on in the news today, um, guess what happens? We have something called a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. All of this craziness going on drives our parasympathetic nervous system. And that means, to put it plain, we're in this fight-or-flight mode all the time. Well, we need to get out of that. And things like meditation help and the right nutrition helps. And sometimes what helps is just turning the news off. Well, I want to tell you about a product. It's from Vitalia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A, life.com. It's called Daily Zen. Now, this is, and as you guys know, if you listen to this show, I'm, I'm really into longevity and really understand uh, a good practice great knowledge of nutrition to be honest with you the formula the blend on this stuff is amazing of what's in it it is a great formula now what this will do for you just so you understand this will act as an anti-inflammatory which our bodies become very inflamed from all the stress it reduces that stress and it increases it will help increase serotonin and why do you want to do that? Because serotonin will make you feel better. So this is called Daily Zen. And I hope you'll try it out. And I hope you'll let us know how it goes for you. It's Vitalia Life. Go to bluntforcetruth.com. Look in the show notes. You'll find a link there to it. Use the uh, discount code BFT, like Blunt Force Truth. Get 10% off. Or sign up for the, um, the subscription. And I think you get your first month for free. Go get it. You're going to love this stuff. 
And if there's ever a time in history that we need to, something to zen us out, it is right freaking now. So good luck with it. Thanks. Chuck, on the line with us is Mark Vafiades. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. That's And by the way, as you know, that's the common the common pronunciation of <laughs> an uncommon name. Yes. <laughs> of that name. I'm just, I'm just going to call him Mark for the moment. Uh, Mark's a longtime advocate, advocate, activist and advocate for citizens and families. He worked in the private sector, federal state government, owned a small business. And as he retired reserve, Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy who worked well, for 20 years. I know those guys. And he is in Virginia. Now, our friend Bart Marcoy sent him to us, which is Bart is a great guy, a great American. And uh, he filled in for me a couple of weeks ago, Chuck, as you remember. Yes. And uh, anybody that Bart recommends to us pretty much has, you know, has my recommendation and I'm sure yours. So, Mark, uh, I want to welcome to Blunt Force Truth. And I want to start with the first question. And that is, um, why do you hate yourself so much? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do that you feel you are paying penance for by running for the uh, state house? Or is this the House or the Senate you're running for? This is the state Senate in Virginia. So I'd be serving in Richmond. So wh- why why do you dislike yourself so much? And <laughs> and what does your family say about this this issue that you have of hating yourself so much. Well, you know, I actually grew up in Massachusetts, so not nece- not really a Republican stronghold. And then about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I moved to Los Angeles because I wanted to get another to another Republican stronghold. <laughs> I, yeah, I was trying to get to a redder area, but I guess that didn't work. And by the way, when I was in Los Angeles, I I was very very involved with the Republican Party and with with grassroots activism. I was actually president of the Hollywood Republicans. Um, All eight of you. That's yes. Say, you must have met in a phone booth somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the strongest group. But, you know, as you probably know, as you probably both know, there are a lot of conservatives in Hollywood. And we had a chance to, to meet and work with a lot of them. But, of course, they didn't want to ruin their career. So they had to really be under right. the radar. So did you? Uh, did you have me for forty-five years. That was Chuck. Did <laughs> exactly. You have a, did you have an affiliation with the FOA there at all? I most certainly did. Yeah, my wife and I both were members of, of Friends of Abe. We were kind of early members, and again, it was an opportunity to meet even more Republicans that that didn't dare come out publicly, but that were you know quite active in FOA. And uh, as you know, if you even look up FOA, you can't see membership lists. You can't see where there were meetings and so forth but it was a great organization a, a great a great opportunity to commiserate and actually work together we we actually did a lot of projects with fellow foa members um doing doing some great video projects that went viral and helped our side of the aisle so so Don't that was I really good invitations to foa but we don't live there but it was wink martindale and his wife that sent us the invites at the behest of uh, Gary Sinise. Yes. Who- it was really great. Yeah, Wink was an active member. I met him several times at, at different different events. And it was really great because, you yes, you had to be vetted to be an FOA. You had to you know be 
first of all, confirmed in the entertainment industry, not someone sort of on the outskirts. So you actually had to be in the entertainment industry. And then you had to be vetted to make sure you weren't just sort of conservative curious. You actually had to be one of us. And then at your inaugural <laughs> meeting, it was curious. I like that. That's like, yeah, like being <laughs> by curious. I'm conservative. Curious. Exactly. I'm not and it was really great because but I'm dabbling. Yeah, right. And then it was great because we, you know, your your initial inaugural meeting, you would actually it was a lunch that was in Studio City, and Gary Sinise would would kind of host it for the most part. Sometimes Andrew Breitbart, when he was still around, would do that. Sometimes Tommy Dreesen, and they would basically go around to the room to all the new members, and they would basically tell their story, how they came to be a conservative and what it was like to work in the entertainment industry as a conservative. Now, so it was quite interesting, now, right? I understand that the group has disbanded now. It pretty much is. It, it happened, you know, Gary Sinise was so busy, he had to turn it over to someone else. And it it kind of dissolved, fizzled out in, in 2016. There was all there was there was some there was some competition and uh, i'll say that much in the 2016 election and to kind of split the group up foa is though still still running and strong in the, in new york city you know let me ask you something i i'm just so curious about this everybody comes on i hear all these pundits come on the american people believe this and the american people believe that and i'm i mean it's just i'm up to here with the american people believing and everybody telling me what they believe I'm not so sure that the American people aren't so disconnected with Washington and Washington is not so disconnected with the American people that the majority just don't care. They care more about Cardi B throwing a mic at somebody threw water on her than they care about who's running our government. And, and the proof asked of them to do, by the way, I know, I know. But, but the proof of this is every Democrat city that is failing and has failed for years, Baltimore, Los Angeles, New York. I mean, you just go down the list, Chicago. They just keep electing the same people. How can you be connected <clears throat> with what your government is doing and continue to elect the same people to completely destroy your environment? I just don't get it. I think a lot of what that has to do with is not only the indoctrination in the schools and in the entertainment industry, but it, especially as you've discussed in the past, the media. I was just, you, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about a most recent issue that's in the news um, or if sure. this is. Yeah, but the 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 Jack Smith indictment yesterday and yeah. at the same time, the Devin Archer testimony in Congress. Well, that's, regarding, why, the Jack, that's why the Jack Smith indictment came down. Exactly. They wanted to counter what was happening to exactly. Hunter Biden and President Biden. So, so, by the way, just I want to add this. I went to CNN's website last night. I combed over the website. I, I mean, in great detail. I found many, many stories about Donald Trump and his felonies and Jack Smith. I could not find one story on the CNN website regarding Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, or Joe Biden, or anything to do with that testimony. It did not exist on that website. You're absolutely right. And Mark, that, that was the point I was going to make. The fact that I've talked to some people who are not really that involved with politics and not necessarily conservatives. And when I discussed this with them, they had heard, of course, about the Trump indictments and they didn't hear the details about how erroneous these charges were. And when I asked them about what about the Devin Archer testimony and the, you know, basically implicating Joe Biden with being involved with Hunter Biden's businesses and Burisma and so forth, 
They knew nothing about it. They didn't because they don't watch, maybe they don't watch Fox News or some of the other conservative channels. They probably don't listen to your podcast. And they haven't heard anything about it. It's not in the New York Times. It's not in the Washington Post. It's not on CNN. It's not on MSNBC. So they don't even know about it. Well, they're all and, covering for him. Why would they? Why would it be on their their pages and their, you know, their newscasts? And, and Joe Biden, yeah. you know, Chuck, you notice that Joe Biden, he didn't say that he didn't know anything about Hunter's business relationships. He said he was not in business with Hunter with his relationships. Now, we've all seen miles and miles of footage of Joe Biden said, I've never spoke to my son about his business dealings, but now it's, well, I, I wasn't in business with him. Now you that's know what's a, it's a, a, it's a, yeah. Just interrupt you here for a second. Uh, What's your show? These are these yeah. are point counterpoints. Uh, all the left does is talk about Trump lied about this and Trump lied about that. And he's what a liar. He doesn't tell the truth. When in fact, as usual, the left is always blaming the right for what they're doing. So, you know, you've got a liar in the office. Joe Biden's always been a liar. He's lied for the last 45 years. And it's documented. We all know it. But they just accept it because it's a way of life with them. And lying is just fine as long as it, you know, helps our side. Totally. And of course, he's been a plagiarist for who knows how long. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, I just just a couple of days ago, I was hearing this and we've heard this before. In 1988, Joe Biden was making a speech and I heard the the, you know, Joe Biden saying a few lines. And then we went back to RFK in 1968, saying the exact same lines, word for word, line for line. And it just went through the whole speech that way. And Biden represented that he didn't say, oh, I just want to quote RFK. Right. He represented that as his own speech. He did it his the same thing with a guy in London who gave a speech. Yeah, he just copied his speech. Yeah, from the British. Totally, totally. But so let's talk about Virginia now. You guys have you guys have made a big turnaround there under Glenn Youngkin. I would that like is to really hopeful, isn't it? It really is. But I'd like to say we've started to make a turnaround. And right, when exactly. Youngkin went in, there were issues that swept him into office, the same issues I'm running on. But unfortunately, there were there were there was legislate legislation passed in 2020 under the Democrat legislature and under Governor Northam. Horrible legislation that really makes Virginia more like California. And the Youngkin got into office. The House of Delegates has turned over. That's now all Republican. And they tried to overturn and repeal some of the legislation that was passed in 2020. However, the Senate is still in Democrat hands by two votes. Oh, my. Two votes. And that's exactly why I'm running, because we need to turn overturn the Senate. And just to let you know, some of the some of the legislation that was passed, horrible, horrible legislation. Number one is the Clean Economy Act. And that basically is an act that that moves Virginia towards green energy and away from fossil fuels. It's part of the war on fossil fuels. And it and it it, it legislates that the electric companies in Virginia have to phase out fossil fuels, including not just coal, including clean natural gas, which is just a fantastic energy and go towards wind and solar, which, as we know, is not only expensive, but it's it's very undependable. It's inefficient. It's totally inefficient. I can and at the same time, let me ask this. Why okay. is there no such thing as a solar powered solar panel factory? <laughs> That's a great question. question. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because the energy just isn't there. It's 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 such a weak form of energy, an inefficient form of energy. You, you just can't do it.
There is and by no the way, thing by the way, there is also no such thing as a wind-powered wind generator factory. Exactly. Checked into this. Yes. None of the manufacturers who make who make wind generation or solar panels operate their own facilities with their own power. Mm-hmm. So here's my answer to this, because I, I, I think I have an answer for it. This has to do with power over people. It has to do with uh, crisis, moving from one crisis to another and convincing people we have a crisis. We all know the expression ambulance chasers. We know those lawyers who chase after those ambulances and try to create, uh, you know, some kind of uh, money, whatever, you know, collect money from people who have accidents, all that kind of stuff. It's basically crisis chasing with the government and crisis chasing with the media. They love to to create crisis and then chase after them and then try to convince everybody that it's true when it's not. It may have some level of truth to it, not much, though, not enough to convince me that we have, you know, it's going to be the end of the world because it's not. So so they chase these things and they just hammer the public with them all the time, convince a few people and move on. And, and then all, of course, all the power brokers throughout the world grab onto it because it's money in their pocket and power to them. So they're all in. Totally, totally. And the thing is, you know, in addition to the fact that we're, we're going towards, quote, green energy, unless we repeal this, that brings our capacity, the grid capacity down. And at the same time, another piece of legislation that was passed in 2020 by the Democrats was was connecting Virginia to the California Clean Car Act. And of course, as you may know, that dictates that by 2035, all new cars sold in California must be electric. Right. And that and and there have there have been 14 to 17 states that signed on to that including Virginia. And it's not this just the, all virtue signaling. It has it's nothing to do with virtue reality. Signal. It has exactly. nothing to do. And the interesting thing is they're saying that this is the crisis for the planet. They're going to get into the next crisis. It's going to be we don't have enough energy. Exactly. Exactly. And then that'll be the next crisis. And what people don't understand, even though it's supposed to be all electric car sales by 2035, there are there are there as we move towards that, 2026, all new car sales, 35% of which are by 2026, two car years, model years from now, are supposed to be all electric. Yeah, 35%. As Ford, Ford now that's working for them. Yeah, well, they've, yeah. Only, they've only reported a four and a half billion dollar loss this year due yeah. to moving to electric vehicles. So right. And by the way, for it in volume. Yeah. People are going to see the effects of this because um, I, I'm kind of a car guy for all the car industry and Chrysler cars are now under the umbrella of Stellantis. Stellantis is a European conglomerate that owns, you know, Chrysler, which includes all the Jeep products, Ram trucks, and Dodge, and as well as many other car car brands in Europe, such as Maserati and and Fiat and and a whole bunch of others. And Stellantis has said that by by 2026, in the states that have signed on to California's Clean Car Bill, they're no longer going to stock on the dealer lots, gas cars. If you wanna buy one, you're gonna to have to go into the dealership, you're gonna to have to order it from the factory, but you won't be able to just walk onto a lot and buy a gas car at, at any Stellantis brand dealers. So, so let me ask you a question, do you really believe this is gonna happen? Unless we turn things around, it's it's going to it's we're going to move forward with this unless we can, you know, hopefully, you know, the Republicans win in 2024 and we can turn over a lot of these mandates because, you know, a lot of these mandates stem from the EPA and their ability to regulate carbon 
carbon pollution, which of course, as we know, is nothing more than carbon dioxide. Right. And this came after a Supreme Court decision in 2006 that it was Massachusetts versus the EPA. They wanted to force the EPA to regulate carbon, carbon dioxide, so which, which the Supreme Court in a five to four decision wrongly said, yes, the EPA can count carbon dioxide as a pollutant and everything- Basically air, folks. Basically air. So because of that decision, then it, everything's moving forward. And what's gonna happen, just well, like we've seen- me. hang on just a minute. Oh, sure, they sure, can sure. do whatever, they, that's not scientific, period. It's, not. it's just totally. not scientific. So how can they just, they just declare science? Yeah, I don't know what the Supreme Court was thinking, but they bought the arguments and 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 yeah, they they let that go through. And I, I think what's going to happen if this keeps on going and we don't turn this around, especially the war on fossil fuels and, and our, our lack of sufficient energy, I think you're going to see protests in the street when this really hits. They start to jack up the price of gasoline. They start to ban gas stoves, gas water heaters and 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 so well, forth in, is, in this homes. Is next, this is your next crisis. That's exactly what I said. Totally. You just move from one crisis to another. They totally. create a crisis. And you, you may have also heard that the Democrat legislators in Washington are pushing the Biden administration to declare this a climate crisis. Yeah, of course. S yes, similar to they're, what we had with about COVID. declaring summer a climate crisis because it's just so hot. <laughs> well, they are. I mean, it's, I'm serious. Because yeah. They really are doing that. Absolutely. Right. They're going to then they can use executive powers and emergency powers to strip you of your rights. Exactly. And now totally. tell you, you can't travel. You can't fly. You can't get. You can't leave your house. It is just. The COVID, I know this sounds fantastical, folks, but this is really where it's going. It is. COVID it's scary. Just excited the left to no end when they realize, oh my God, these people will be compliant. We can actually lock them down, and they'll do it. Yeah. I don't think they ever expected that level of compliance. Right. I mean, it, it's totally scary. And, you know, the, the, being able to control carbon pollution and declaring it an emergency means they can they can control every aspect of society and every aspect of the economy. So they'll be able to do whatever they want. They'll be able to say, you know, people have to work from home. You can't drive your cars on odd days. I mean, you, you name it, whatever you can think so of, they, they will do. So they use carbon as a leverage to tyranny. That's yes. basically what it is. Yes. They, just use it, they use it against you, which is why I think the American people are just disconnected with Washington. It's such foolishness for anybody who thinks, for those who don't think, uh, I don't know, they're, they're foolish. So yeah, you just, and you just hope the American people really are paying attention to what's going on. I, I hope they are. I hope uh, so. Because, and I mean, they're going to have to they're going to have to dig like a Ph.D. doing a scientific paper just to get the information. Well, have you ever read the the thesis from Dr. Biden? You wouldn't want them digging like that one. <laughs> True, because that one's not doesn't even use math and has some English as a second language in it. Mm -hmm. so, so how how, how, how do how, how do these people to? how do these people get control like they have? It, it amazes me that I mean Americans are a free people. We've lived free for a long, long time. Maybe we've just enjoyed it so long we've forgotten what it is to not have it and don't recognize it when it comes and it's all of a sudden it's honest and we're we're diseased and we haven't got a doctor to go to nobody to cure it because we're the cure and we just uh, we're just in the dark 
I mean, what what is that? I mean, it's just amazing. And I mean, and it starts off as we discussed with misinformation. I mean, talk about misinformation. They pass, you know, the Supreme Court passes the law, and then the media buys onto it that you know we're we're in a climate crisis. The world only has 15, 20 years if we don't turn things around. Every kid in school is indoctrinated that climate change is one of the biggest problems we have in society. So, and then the media. They don't challenge it. So as these things start to pass in law or the EPA makes, you know, huge regulations that affect everybody, then, you know, people shake their heads and say, yeah, I mean, that's what I learned. That's what I know. The media is not disputing it. So we, you know, we need to do this, I guess. So it's, it's and just it, and insane. And if you don't, you hate the planet. You want to destroy the planet. because. <laughs> right. Because conservatives don't care about planet Earth because we have other planets that we can apparently go to and that's why we don't care about this planet yeah and again well, back to the carbon dioxide thing and if you talk to anyone and you ask them what's carbon pollution they don't know they think of smokestack you know black soot smoke coming out of a smokestack they don't right. realize that it's just carbon dioxide so when, when you talk to people about that and, and and you tell them that it's it's kind of like a, a an eye-opening moment for them so the reverse of carbon pollution would be stop breathing well, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the planet. So the reverse of it, or when you start cutting this way back to where it's just, it's, say it doesn't exist, we're carbon neutral. So well, at that point, what happens? Do we have like great winters that come oh, on us? We don't actually, have these hot summers anymore. If you uh, cut carbon too much, Chuck, you're actually going to destroy vegetation. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, I know that. But what I'm saying is what happens? Do you just, are you up to your neck in snow? Uh, well, like the little ice age? Nothing. And realistically, this is such a king's new clothes moment because the amount of carbon dioxide that's in the atmosphere, and this is another thing people don't know, is less than one half of one percent. It's a tiny amount of the air we breathe, carbon dioxide. So even if we make this big change in the amount of carbon dioxide that we put out as a civilization, it's not going to make a, a bit of difference it's at all. It's a total fraud. Total fraud. Total fraud. Think of the beauty of it, though. The idea here is to create constituencies or create problems that either can't speak for themselves or can't be solved. So it used to be save the whales and save the spotted owls and this type of stuff because the whales couldn't get up and say, hey, we're out, we're good, don't, you know, don't worry about us. So now we create problems that do not have solution. Think about it. There is no solution to equity. You cannot make all people equal. You cannot make all people seven feet tall. You cannot make all people have a 160 IQ. Equity can never be achieved. Climate change can never be controlled because it's weather. So they're creating situations that they can run on forever. Because as you said before, Chuck, the goal is not to solve a problem. It is to identify a problem and run on it. Mm -hmm. yep. What else totally, is going totally. on in Virginia? And yeah, so so back so back to Virginia, and this is all tied together because you know the legislature, the legislators in 2020, the Democrats are totally on board with everything that the Biden administration and the National Democrat Party are doing. So in, in addition to you know, the economy, and that's what the green this all this green nonsense is all part of the economy, and you know taxes and inflation is horrible. So these are some of the things we need to turn around to to fix that. Number two, parental rights and education.
That's one of the things that swept Governor Youngkin into office, the fact that things were going on in schools and parents not only had no clue, but they had no power. So the, the, the children are basically being controlled by the, the administration in schools and teachers. And parents you know, were, were just outraged at this. And, and we've see, we saw in national news in Loudoun County, we saw parents getting arrested because right. their student, their, 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 uh, one guy in particular, his daughter, right. was assaulted in a bathroom. And he went there to protest, and they arrested him. Mm. And so, so that's number two. It's, it's parental rights and education. And number three is, is crime. And you know we have D.C. crime spilling over into Virginia. We had the legislature in Virginia in 2020 pass police reform, which, of course, as we know, is kind of a defund the police movement. They want to take away um, qualified immunity, which, you know, which says that you know, if a police officer is acting on behalf of the department, on behalf of the citizens enforcing the law, then he can be liable personally, he or she can be liable personally in court if a criminal sues. So that would, of course, do, do one of two things. It would either, it greatly and already is doing so, reduce the, the, the police force, law enforcement, and number two, if there are law enforcement officers in their cars, they're just going to sit there. They're not going to get out of their cars and enforce the law for fear they're going to get sued personally. So that's the third big thing we need to turn around in Virginia. We need to stand behind law enforcement. We need, And this is on behalf of the citizens because, again, crime is out of control. And when we stand behind law enforcement, we stand behind law and order and help the citizens be able to live you know, safe, normal lives here in Virginia. So, so let me ask you this. You can't give up your freedom to criminals. You just can't do it. It's, it's not, uh, it's not logical. So you live with this long enough and finally you say, okay, we need an answer. What is the solution to crime in places like DC spilling over into Washington or into Virginia uh, Chicago, with, Baltimore. You know, people. It's it's like a shooting range in Chicago. You know, what what's the answer to this? Is it just policing, or is it is it is it deeper than that? It's kind of twofold. I mean, number one, it's policing. It's it's similar to what Rudy Giuliani did when he was mayor of New York. The the no broken windows. Well, my God, he's like you know, you know, the number one fascist known to the world at this point i know now he's the enemy of the people but exactly which is nonsense but he turned things around in new york things were horrible for anyone that was there. you know yeah yeah there you go there you go so number one we have to enforce the law and make people know make these criminals know we're enforcing it and number two once arrested we need to prosecute and you know we have horrible yeah, so here, here but here you go look at this uh, mark all of a sudden, you start arresting people for committing crimes. Now, jails and prisons get overrun, and that's their next argument. Oh, we just had too many people in prison, too many people in jail. Well, if they didn't commit crimes, they wouldn't be there. Well, Chuck, yep. bonds, bonds are racist. Bail is racist. <laughs> because bail is unfairly targeting black people. And not only that, they say arrests are un unfairly you know, targeting uh, certain groups 
uh, it doesn't matter that they're committing the crimes, but they they still they say there's inequity, which which is nonsense. And you know we have people like in Fairfax County here, Steve Desconso, who's you know a Soros-backed DA, and he's not prosecuting crimes. Similar to you know as we know in in Los Angeles, George Gascon is another Soros-sponsored DA. They're all over the country, oh. and they're not prosecuting crimes. So, so what do they want to achieve by this? Not not prosecuting crimes. Tell me what they want to achieve. Oh, a man, good look. A, I mean, what is it? They're, that's a great question. Not, it's there's baffling. something behind this. I, I, well, yeah. it shouldn't be because something's going on that's obviously demonstrative. If you can just get to the bottom of it and say, why won't they? Why won't they prosecute these criminals? There's got to be a reason. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it, it, well, this is know, beyond conspiracy. It's I beyond mean, conspiracy. We, yeah, we I mean, basically, it. it it's kind of the dissolution of civilization. It's a yes. breakdown in civilization. And what happens when you have criminals running the streets, committing crimes, and nobody is enforcing the law? Well, what happens is it becomes anarchy. And then you have vigilanteism because people have to protect themselves. So it's a total breakdown of society. And then I think they want to come in and have the government be Thank the you. big savior. So then now exactly. you have a big government that's going to come in and make people safe. And it's, you know, it's always it's it's not tyranny doesn't come in the form of, hey, you know, we're in charge now. And we don't care what you think. It comes in the form of, hey, you know, this is for your own safety. This is for your own good. It's we're to make from the government better. and we're here to help. <laughs> That's where it comes from. So, exactly. Let me comment on this for a minute. Now, I'm going to say that I used to be a conspiracy theorist, but then all my conspiracies came true. True. <laughs> you were left. <laughs> so, obviously, I am no longer a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I think there's a few things happening here. And, Chuck, I'm going to, first I want to address your crime thing. Why would you want crime to be out of control? I think you want crime to be out of control because that creates chaos. Yep. People don't like chaos. Human nature likes order, and they don't like chaos, and humans don't like living in the unknown, and they don't like living in risk. So this gets back to Benjamin Franklin when he said that he who trades temporary security for freedom shall have neither. What they are hoping for is that on the crime front, we can take crime to a level where the individuals will finally say, Enough is enough. Let them collect all the guns. Let's disarm the population. We need the government to keep us safe. This is a gun grab thing. The reason the reason for pushing crime at this level, because remember, what do you hear on, on every media? What is it? What is it all called? Gun violence. It's not right. violence. It's not crime. It's gun violence. It's all gun violence. This is a move to disarm the nation. Why do we want to disarm the nation? Because you can't control an armed citizenry. Now I'm going to throw another conspiracy at you, and this is not one I've heard any place. This is one that I've just made up all on my own. When we look at the, the, the mass uh, devotion to abortion, we, we this is not just abortion on demand. This is, this is abortion is a preference. No, it's women's health. It's women's health. Now, what else do we have? We have now we have a big move toward mutilating children. Right? Mm -hmm. What else do we have? We have forced vaccines. And we now have talk about making the vaccine, coming back and making the vaccine an annual requirement. 
And what are the vaccines doing, folks? I can tell you right now, the vaccines are causing cancer and the vaccines are causing myocarditis. I can show you all the proof you care to read that this is what's happening. What does What is the common denominator in all of that, including the crime? The common denominator in all of it is population control. Now, what is the main driver behind the World Economic Forum? By and, the way, Bill Gates and all these guys who are World yep. Economic Forum guys, they're all for this, and this population Bob control. And Bill Gates and totally. are all for massive depopulation. What faster way to depopulate the planet than to abort the babies before they're born, mutilate the children so they can't reproduce, frighten them with, with climate change, because we now know that young people are now frightened to have children because they believe the planet can't sustain them. And then let's overrun the place with illegal aliens, criminals and murder. And it all comes to one. It all comes to one point, doesn't it? That's how you reduce a population and you take the guns so that you can control them and you create these new crises such as climate crisis, they have already warned us that there's another pandemic coming. Okay, we know mathematically the pandemics happen about every 75 to 100 years. We're about to have another pandemic. Well, how is that happening? Now, also, I'm going to throw this one at you. I'm watching the news, by the way, Mark. I'm watching the news here in Texas. Well, leprosy is all over South Texas. Yes. <laughs> I mean, give Thank me you. a break, will you? That was the next one I was about to bring up. Now, do you notice that leprosy is only out of control in two states? <laughs> yeah, right. It's out of control in Texas and Central Florida. Why would why are those the only two places why leprosy is out of control? Because they're the two states that people are flocking to. Yeah. We have a federal government right now that is out to destroy states that are not in compliance with the federal government. They are out to get Florida. They are out to get Texas. And I believe they will start moving their eyes toward Virginia as Virginia, because it's so close to DC and as people like Mark and Glenn Young can continue to, to have wins, they'll move to this. But I, I want to add one last thing. And that is when we look through history at dictatorships, and I'm going to give you a, give you an example. Does anyone believe the citizens of Cuba like their government? Does no. anyone believe the citizens of North Korea like their government? No, I think they fear their government. I don't think they like them. Correct. What we are seeing right now, when we look at the Democratic Party, we're befuddled as as legitimate voters. We're befuddled by this because it's like. They're doing things that we know the majority of American people don't agree with. The American people don't agree with mass with illegal immigration. They don't agree with what's going on with climate change. They don't agree with mutilating children. But the left no longer cares what the public thinks. And the reason they don't care is because they are weaponizing the law enforcement agencies against those who do not agree. When we look at what's happening to Donald Trump, understand He's just the he's just the most visible person that we are seeing the government go after. 
Now here in Michigan, Chuck, you remember uh, we've had Matt DiPerno on our show. Matt right. DiPerno ran for attorney general against Dana Nessel. <clears throat> he was just arraigned on five felonies by Dana Nessel this week. This is not just a Donald Trump issue. They are going after people who do not agree with them at every level. Through the judicial system, which is, you know, just heinous. This is so third world, and everybody keeps saying that, but it really is. But, it totally is. But, and yeah. when they also control the media, right. and even if we don't agree, the media can tries to convince you that you're wrong, you know, such as with the climate change, you know, we, the planet is going to be destroyed, or you're a racist if you don't want to help people that are coming over the border. I mean, you name it. Every single issue, the media, the left-wing media has an answer for. And when I say left-wing media, it's, 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 it's the media, but it's left-wing. We know it's left-wing, but this is the media that average Americans listen to and they don't know any better. So they try they you know they the media tries to convince them that if they're against the great things that the government is for, it's on them. They're the ones who are wrong. Now how are you and your family handling this? What kind of attacks are you getting? And how are you and your family coping with it? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I've been behind enemy lines for a long time in Massachusetts and in California and now here. And, you know, we just let it roll off our back. I mean, if if in social media, for example, people are saying horrible things, we just know it, that it's 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 part of the game. Um, you know, thankfully, knock on wood, I haven't had any threats against me or my family, physical threats. But the other stuff, the 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 oral, the verbal, the, the written in social media, you just let it roll off your back. You know that everybody basically on our side is that's that's prominent on the media and that's a voice out there for our side are going to get attacked. And you just have to you just have to know that in advance. I'm watching uh, a little bit of Hollywood because I can't I can't resist. Oprah is getting attacked by Mel Gibson and uh, other people about this whole child uh, trafficking thing. And, and I, it's it's very interesting watching the backlash. Well, Chuck, did of, you go see the movie? Did you go see? I have no, we're we're going to go see it today. Okay. Excellent movie. It's a great movie. I'm, I'm going to ask this question to both of you. When, at what point did child sex trafficking become the property of one political party and not the other? When did when did how did we reach a point where we have one party in America that appears to be anti okay. anti child sex trafficking? It's kind of insane. It seems that you know if we if we stand for you know our values, for example, are, are against child trafficking, which of course every everyone should be, or if we're standing with the police to protect the citizens, it seems like the Democrat Party and those in the party and on the left are so crazy that if we're for it, they're against it, no matter what, and they try to justify it. Because there's no sensible, logical reason why they should be against us um, with on child trafficking, child uh, trafficking, human trafficking, or against this movie. The, the, the movie is getting attacked by those on the left. Who knows why? It's a good movie. It's well done. And it's it's a it's a fact-based movie. Why would they be against this? That's the point. Because of everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but how did the two parties not find common ground on, yes, we shouldn't allow our children to be kidnapped and trafficked for sex? Uh, how can that be a debate between they, anybody? They just don't want to agree with us on anything. 
gone are the days of compromise and the days when we can agree on things. Exactly. If we're for it, they're against it. I mean, I, I, I don't know where, you, you know, where there's a case, you know, where we're, we're together on anything. They're, they're against us on almost everything just because we're for something. So what about Virginia's? Virginia's got some pretty crazy gun laws, don't they? No, it's not. It's not bad compared to some of the other states in the in the what they call the DMV area. Yeah. You know, so so no, it's not bad. They're constantly trying to create more laws that that would restrict the rights of gun owners. But we've been fighting it, thankfully. But again, if the Democrats get back in charge, they're going to push to you know ban semi-automatic weapons. Of course, that they call assault weapons, but they're just semi-automatic weapons. They're they're going to put restrictions on what you can buy and how many you can buy and so forth. And of course, it only affects law-abiding citizens. It doesn't affect the criminals whatsoever. They're going to do what they do, and they don't care what the gun laws are in, in our state or any. Is it, the, is it Virginia or Maryland that there seems to be reports of them pulling over people without a state license plates just to see if they have from states where people carry guns? Is that Virginia I, or Maryland doing Yeah, it's not, it's not Virginia. As a matter of fact, you know, um, quote, assault weapons are banned in Maryland. But not in Virginia. So you you can own a semi-automatic rifle here in Virginia. So it must it must be whoa, Maryland. Whoa, whoa, I haven't heard of it. You can't what? You can't own a semi-automatic weapon in Virginia? Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm what they call an assault weapon. So it's not all semi-automatic weapons. So something that looks like a, a yeah, military weapon. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to say all semi-automatics were not legal in Maryland. They are, but they're again they're inching their way towards that. And an assault weapon is the first step because all an assault weapon is, as you all know, is a semi-automatic rifle that looks bad, mm -hmm. looks mean. Yeah, I think it's, it looks it's a, good. Frankly. It's a little. It's a little, I agree. <laughs> in most cases, it's a low. It's a low caliber, low caliber varmint gun that has a pistol grip and a sight on it. Oh, we've been over this so many times, and people just, you know, I don't know whether they pay attention or not. I really don't. Mark, tell us how do. tell us how people can get involved with you and how they can support you. Because, folks, I want here's what I tell you: we know we have listeners that in Virginia, we have listeners all over the world, but we need. Here's what's happening. I'm going to say this very quickly, and that is, the founding fathers originally believed that the federal government would be the least important government in our life. And that the most important government would be our city, our town government, followed by the county, followed by the state, and followed by the feds, where the feds would be the least important. We have flipped this on its head. Now everybody's focus is on Washington, and you can have people who are actually up to speed. On what's well, it's because of money, Mark. It's because of money. Every, all the states send their money to Washington, then they hope to get some back, and if they don't, you know, Washington controls them with money. But you'll find people will know what's going on in Washington, and they don't know what's going on in their own state or True. their own city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you something. This is how they're winning. George Soros is winning because he realized, I'm not even going to chase the presidency and chase the Senate anymore. I'm going to chase the attorney generals and the prosecutors. Because if I can get control of all these smaller offices where people aren't paying attention— I can control who's going to get charged with crime and who won't get charged with crime. And now he's got people in Virginia and Michigan and Chicago and L.A. and Atlanta and all over the country where this guy, this one billionaire, is able 
to destroy the 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 entire police movement in this country. So we need to pay attention to people who are running for state offices that are running for school boards that are running for city council. We need to support these people. We need to be involved with them because that's where the power starts. And by the way, where do most people who end up in Washington come from? They, they had, they want a seat in their state house. They started as a mayor or, or, or a state rep and became the next candidate. So, so I want to encourage people, whether you live in Virginia or not, uh, to get involved. Go to Mark's website. If you can donate some money to him, that would be great. Mark, give us the website info. It's mark4va.com, mark4va.com. And I'll tell you, you're you're absolutely right, Mark. The, Virginia's kind of been in the forefront of what's been going on, especially in the schools. That's, that's what swept Governor Yunkin in office, and it's made national news and these are the types of issues that we will make nationals again. If we can, if we can just you know turn over two seats in the state senate, then we're going to overturn a lot of this horrible legislation that was passed. This is an what's what's known as an off off year election. We have our state legislature races in November 2023, so there's not much going on. It's very very low turnout, so we have a real chance if we can get the word out and again that's what takes money the democrats have a lot more money than the republicans they have unions and and these leftist organizations contributing to their candidates we need money so that we can basically do voter contact in the in the form of direct mail and phone calls and knocking door knocks and so forth and that's what it's all about getting the word out letting people know how important it is to vote to turn out and vote because again it's such a low it's such a low voter turnout election that if our side gets you know if we beat them in the get out the vote we can win and that will be huge here in virginia and nationally it is time to put our money where our mouth is so folks if you go to the show notes at blunt force truth with this episode there'll be links to mark's website and uh do we have his social media links too? all his links are right on the bottom of his website it's great great so start to follow him in social media start to pay attention we have to win these state elections. We have to win the local elections. There is, in fact, Chuck, you said this before, there is no such thing as an inconsequential election today. Nope. They, all, right. matter. they all matter. Mark, thanks for being Mark, with Mark, thank us. you. Let us know. How thank you, gentlemen. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And you're welcome back anytime. Really appreciate it. Appreciate that. And folks, if you enjoyed today's show, I hope you leave a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast One. And we'll see you next time on Blunt Force Truth.